people in their sane minds swear they see you today. Are you looking for the love they took away? Everyone knows that you couldn't bear the pain. So you took your life in the pouring rain. You took your life in the pouring rain. The most ghoulish greetings to every single one of you guys and gals. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. As always, it's greatly appreciated, Mm -hmm. and I really do consider it an honor. The tunes that you just heard, as always, is courtesy of the lovely Bobby Mackey, and of course, I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. You know, before I jump into things, this week has been crazy. I I met my mom's, which is a good thing. Get to see her and my stepdad and the animals. And she has so many animals, <laughs> dogs, cats, goats, a turkey, horses. It, it's great, especially if you're an animal lover. But before I came out here, I broke my toe. So I've been pretty limpy and in pain. And each day it just gets a little worse. And so I've been dealing with that and then as I was just finishing up the podcast episode this podcast episode writing it all out one of my very favorite chickens was dying and I was holding her and cradling her for a good two hours as I was writing and she passed away and it was just so sad and um So anyways, it's been crazy, and usually I record these ahead of time, but I'm actually recording this because of my toe and just a bunch of other things I haven't been able to record, and so I'm actually recording tonight, and it's going to be released in a few hours, and so here, some of you may laugh or roll your, your eyes, but this episode is dedicated to Legs, who was a miniature leghorn. She was very small for being a leghorn. So rest in peace, legs. I love you. You were one talkative little baby girl. Lived to be almost seven years old, which is pretty good for a chicken. So anyways, urban legends. Basically, every state, scratch that, every single town just about has one, right? From the phantom hitchhiker to the dead girl in the prom dress to the screaming woman on the bridge. To owe so many others. Every now and then, as you know, I like to throw in states' urban legends like the Mothman and just different things like that. If you know of some weird, bizarre shit, throw it my way and I would love to do an episode on it. Doing this makes me get my research goggles on, you know, digging deep into the subject. Some I know, but I love when I learn things along the way as well. This episode is going to be about a urban legend that's based out of Michigan. And kind of just like when I shout out random cities that have listened, it all comes from a drop of the hat. You know, like I I shuffle, 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 shake, 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 shake that city. And I'm also kind of sick. I'm usually a really good singer. I'll show you some other time. (laughs) But anyways, so Michigan was first on the list, picked it out, and it's known as the little girl on Knock Knock Road. 
The man. He's driving on a desolate road in Michigan. The lady in the passenger seat, his girlfriend, or let's not kid ourselves, that's what he wants her to be anyways. They're on their very first date. And things have been going good so far, you know, and he wants to impress her. So he takes her on a nice little drive. Try to impress her with the little scenery, you know, maybe some cuddle action. All's going good. They're enjoying the scenery, one another's company, when suddenly, out of nowhere, this little girl appears on the road. Like, first of all, where the hell did she come from? Where are her parents, right? Why is she alone? Just so many questions running through these people's minds, this couple. The woman, she shrieks. Ah! The man, he gasps. <gasps> she doesn't look like a lost little girl. There's just, there's something off about her. She's about 40 feet away from the car. And the man and woman, I I mean, seriously, they look at each other for maybe half a second, if that. And then a sound occurs. And the sound is way too close for comfort. Knock, knock, knock. Knock at the window. The couple, they're frozen in terror, afraid to look, but they have to. The girl suddenly is right at their door. Again, she was like 30, 40 feet away just a s- half a second ago, and all of a sudden she's right there. She covers that distance like no one's business. She stares deep into the souls of the man and woman. It's so intense that it sends chills down their spines. The woman looks down at her goosebumps and starts rubbing her arms vigorously. Let's get out of here, she desperately cries. Before the man can even put his foot on the accelerator, the girl backs away, still eyeing the couple, their car, their souls, their very existence. She disappears before their very eyes. I'm sorry, but this is chilling. And I must say, okay, so my boyfriend always makes fun of me, saying that I watch way too much true crime TV shows, okay? And guess what? He's absolutely right. But it's more than just watching the shows, okay? I've had a front row seat at death and horror for way too long. From experiencing very near and dear friends getting murdered to losing the closest of people in my life. As soon as I get in my car, day or night, in a second flat, first thing I do, besides looking behind me, is lock my doors. And a nervous tick of mine, when I'm driving and say like, you know, I don't know, I see someone walking alongside the road. I automatically go to lock the already locked doors. It doesn't matter if it's a kid or an old man or a woman with a stroller. Like, it's kind of pathetic. It's really funny, though. Too much true crime shows? Indeed. One time we drove by a school where girls were playing soccer. And I locked the doors and my boyfriend, he laughed so hard saying, what, are you afraid those little girls playing soccer are going to run across the street and since we're at a stoplight and murder you? He still brings that event up, by the way, and it's worthy of being made fun of. And I could laugh at myself about that, of course. But hey, when I'm on that road in Michigan and that little creepy ass girl's knocking on my window, 
Yeah, at least my true crime-watching ass will have that door locked. Now, we know that sometimes some legends, actually many legends, will have more than one side of a story. This one does just that, to the extreme. In Detroit, there's a road called Strasburg Road, but it's known better as Knock Knock Road. I know I have listeners from Detroit, so... Guys, gals, if you have ever had an encounter or experience with this mysterious girl, please, please, please hit me up on Twitter at ParaProwlers or message me via Facebook through Tessa Morrow or Paranormal Prowlers or email me, of course, at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com and tell me all about it. We can do a bonus episode or if you're shy and just want to be it to be read, I'm happy to do that as well. I just want to hear all about your encounter. I'm glad you got away from the scary girl. (laughs) So this legend dates back to around the time when World War II was taking place. Legend goes that a little girl was walking home from school or possibly riding her bike, don't know which one, when suddenly a reckless driver comes out of nowhere barreling right into this poor little girl. It's believed that this girl who was killed on what is now known as Knock Knock Road stalks unsuspecting drivers as they pass by in the area where she was killed. Many people actually travel on Knock Knock Road trying to conjure up the girl's restless spirit, trying to see if she will rap a tap tap on that window. Then there's story number two. A car full of teens were driving one day and ran head-on into a telephone pole. They were soon engulfed in flames. They desperately pounded on their windows. Bang! 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 The knocks, the pounds, the rap-a-taps, and screams for help went unheard by the people living in the area. They all burned to death. And... I guess I should kind of backtrack and correct myself because I found yet a third story as well that possibly took place here. Picture it. The couple, they're driving on a desolate road. He has something on his mind and he heads towards Lover's Lane. This makes the lady quite uncomfortable. Please stop. Just take me home. I'm not not doing anything with you. Well, this kind of enrages the man and not wanting to accept that she just told him the big no, he pushes her out the car, slams the door shut, and speeds off. Well, unfortunately for the woman, her dress or her hair, they get caught in the door, and she's dragged for several miles, dragged to her death. And I mean, what a horrific death to endure. So I must ask, who haunts Knock Knock Road? Is it the little girl who was killed in a hit-and-run incident and now stalks the road trying to find her killer forever? Or is it the carload of joy-riding teenagers who met a fiery end? Or is it the woman who was dragged to her death? What do the locals think? Many believe it to be the girl, while others think it's the teenagers. And, you know, some think it's the woman. Either way, something creepy and odd has been taking place for decades on this road. 
so many people come to check out this legend that there tends to be a little more law enforcement in the area. That's a sound you definitely don't want to hear. So be sure to play it safe. Don't be reckless or careless and just chill. What's interesting to me is that with many legends, usually they have similarities, right? Well, this one, the only things that are the same is that in each case, one or more people died and on that road. I mean, we go from a hit and run to a fiery fate to being dragged to your death. I mean, whatever the hell happened, it's clear something crazy occurred and people have definitely encountered knocks and have seen a creepy girl. While we are on the topic of good old Michigan and the knock knock road legend didn't quite take nearly enough time to fill a whole episode, I want to discuss another haunted location from there. Big Bay Point Lighthouse. It's a 124-year-old gorgeous lighthouse built in 1896. It stands tall and proud on where else but Big Bay Point, hello? It overlooks beautiful Lake Superior, a place I've always wanted to go check out. William Pryor was the lighthouse keeper. He truly enjoyed what he did, and all was well. But one day, he got the heartbreaking news that his sister was very ill and in fact not only ill but she was on her deathbed she wasn't going to make it so he made the arrangements for another fellow to keep an eye on things at big bay point which is a really important job you know being the keeper of a lighthouse many lives depend on it and he started the long journey to marquette to visit with his sister one last time he gets there and he spends time with her and she dies not too long later Well, he stays for the funeral, and then he walks the 24 miles back to the lighthouse. I mean, 24 miles, my friends, and not because he was training for a marathon or anything. It was, you know, in the 1800s. He didn't have a vehicle at the time. Not, you know, it's like not every single person had one like they do these days, it seems. I mean, I can't even walk five miles without feeling like my legs are about to fall off. So... He gets back to Big Point Bay and finds that the man he hired to watch over the place while he was gone, well, he didn't do a damn thing. He fires him and a couple others that also didn't fulfill any duties whatsoever. It was like party time at the lighthouse. Woohoo! Their loss was his son George's gain as he got hired on to be the assistant keeper. George did his job, and he did it well. All was smooth sailing, as smooth as it could be in Lake Superior, until one fateful day, a little over a year later, into his lighthouse duties, poor George suffers a fall on the steps of the landing crib. William, he takes his son to the hospital, but two months later, poor George succumbs to his injuries. I mean, first his sister, and now his son? How excruciating. William digs into a deep depression, and I mean, who could blame the guy? He just lost a sibling and a child. Well, a few days after his son's untimely death, a very depressed William decided he'd rather be dead than be stuck in this depression, experiencing such a horrific pain, the loss of a child. He walks into the woods with his gun in one hand and cyanide in the other. However, this goes down. 
One thing is certain, he will not survive. Williams damn well made sure of this. So it's rumored that he wrote a note to one of the keeper's wives saying, I'm going to walk in the woods. I'm going to die. I'm going to kill myself. I have my gun and my cyanide. He goes to the woods and a short while later, the woman, she finds the note. She goes to the woods. She finds him. He's alive, mind you. And at first, upon hearing this, you may think, ah, you know, like a breathe a sigh of relief, right? I mean, this woman just found a man who's about to kill himself. Well, this woman, this monster, ends up handing him a rope and says, why not hang yourself instead? You know, when I read this, it kind of reminded me of the story that happened a few years back of the girl, I think she was a teenager at the time, who was dating a guy and he was telling her, I feel like I'm going to kill myself. I'm like really depressed. And she starts to taunt him saying, oh yeah, no one loves you. Just kill yourself. I love you and I don't want you to be in pain. And she ends up just spending, you know, she gets a a little slap on the wrist, spending not much time in jail. And then she was released. And it's like, that is so sad. What a monster. Like that, that goes on in my mind anyway. Like you could help somebody and you don't. You like do the, quite the opposite. It's very intentional. So anyways, several search parties search for the missing lighthouse keeper. Of course, the woman doesn't tell anybody what happened. Not one shred of a clue is exposed or revealed during this time. Over a year later, a hunter named Fred Babcock reports that while he was hunting in the woods, which was about, oh, a mile, a mile and a half away from the lighthouse, from Pryor's lighthouse, the one that he worked at, he came upon a grisly sight, a skeleton hanging from a tree. In the entry log, this is what was recorded. Quote, we went to the place with him and found that the clothing and everything tally with the former keeper of the station who has been missing for 17 months. Unquote. William Pryor, ladies and gentlemen, has been found and has been reunited with his late beloved son, George. So, okay, this is two deaths that are associated and connected with Big Bay Point Lighthouse, right? One accidental, one suicide. There's also another. This one is actually a murder. So, in the 50s, I believe it was 1951 through 1952, the lighthouse and property were leased out to the Army for anti-aircraft artillery training purposes, one of the soldiers had heard that a man who owned the Lumberjack Tavern raped his wife. This obviously enrages the soldier, and I mean rightfully so if this did take place, and he kills the man. If you've ever read the book or watched the movie Anatomy of a Murder, it's actually based on this crime. With all these deaths, and not to mention the shipwrecks that have occurred close by, it's no shocker that Big Bay Point Lighthouse is haunted. Many have had experiences and encounters here. From time to time, people have heard and seen the cupboard doors slamming by themselves. They believe this is the late lighthouse keeper, William Pryor. And William's not alone. It is thought that several spirits call the beautiful lighthouse home. 
Who knows, maybe one of the spirits is his son, George. I found in my research a story about a person who stayed here one time in Pryor's room and woke up to loud banging on the wall. In fact, you know what's kind of neat? If you find yourself in these parts of Michigan, you may just want to stay here as, guess what? It's a bed and breakfast. And it has been since, I believe, 1986. Just a few years younger than me. And of course, call before venturing on over, as who knows what's going on due to the damn pandemic. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't had a chance to listen to every single episode yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen right now by going to any of the podcast platforms, such as Google Podcasts, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may roam to listen to your other awesome podcasts. You will surely find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. This week's special city shoutouts go to Twin Lakes, Alaska. Mechanicsville, Virginia, Greensburg, Kansas, Laredo, Texas, and Coventry, England. As always, guys, it's super appreciated. Thank you for listening, and please check in next week for the newest episode. See you next week.